coming up on this episode of the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. Local cyclocross race chatter devolves into a discussion on frame materials. The philosophy of the show is further elucidated, and we pour out a Belgian triple for the racing career of cyclocross's Niels Albert. Don't forget to drink your sweaty nose. Stay with us. Welcome once again to the Working Man Honest Bicycle Program, coming to you live, except pre-recorded, over the internet, from Boston. I am Greg. I'm Matty. In Minneapolis. Yes. Yeah. In Minneapolis, across the country. All the way across the country. Of, Fly over states. It's Matteo. I'm Matteo. I'm interrupting. I'm terrible. Nah, this is great. This is great. This is how the show's going to be. <laughs> it is. Do you have a beverage, Greg? I do have a beverage, Matteo. What are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking an old favorite. Uh, this is a Smutty Nose Robust Porter. Oh. So, it is fantastic. Yes, yeah, Smutty Nose is a uh, New England brewery. It's based just outside of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, and they are pound for pound uh, one of the best microbreweries in the country. They can't seem to do, well, almost anything wrong. It's quite something. It's very nice. It's got coffee and chocolate notes and unlike most porters which i usually don't like because they're too malty it's quite dry it's delightful did you get sponsorships that you didn't tell me about this is no. like terrific <laughs> yes <laughs> brought to you by <laughs> smutty nose this is the working man's honest bicycle program where we're not sponsored or paid by anybody but damn it we are going to talk about things that we like yeah and, you know, if anyone wants to kick us a few bucks, if they happen to hear us do that, you know. Bucks, or actually, you know what? Beers. I think that, yeah, we're more into free beer and swag. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah, that's, well, you know, amateur bike racers are all about the swag. Oh, yeah. That's what we live on. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> I ate my dinner out of a Cliff water bottle that I got at Jingle Cross yes, last year. I, You're cooking in water bottles now? Hashtag hobo cyclist. Oh yeah. <laughs> I said, well, hmm. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I've eaten out of thermoses. Well, did was it hot? I guess was hot water involved. Uh, no. I live in a cold water flat in the crappy side of the city. Hmm. No, I'm just hmm. kidding. <laughs> I actually made a really delicious dinner of uh, rice pilaf and roasted eggplant and broccoli and tempeh. It was pretty good. And now oh, I'm working on a small glass of whiskey on the rocks. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about bikes a little bit. So how's your cross season going? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I did a... I did a cross race on Saturday. Congrats. Thanks. So this might not sound like much, but the listeners might not know that uh, I I suffered a broken clavicle back in early August. So I'm I'm only just beginning to get back into the swing of things. So doing two laps of a cycle cross race was uh, was really great and a nice accomplishment (laughs) for me. That's excellent. Yeah. After that, I kind of had enough. It's actually, it's, I don't want to spend much much time on it it's worth just very quickly uh mentioning this race it's called the canton cup uh listeners who are in the boston area who race bikes might be familiar with it 
Um, this was the uh, last edition, so far as we know, unless someone else picks it up. But uh, it's held a uh, local race held down at the Massachusetts Hospital School in Canton. Um, it is a very roadyish course, we'll say. Uh, a lot of grass, a lot of straight lines, a lot of pedaling, lots of watts, um, which doesn't necessarily work for me, but it's a great event, super fun, um, really nice venue, so yeah, uh, we'll miss it when it's gone, and it was, you know, I'm glad I got to do it uh, another time, even if I didn't finish my race, because my clavicle was uh, saying, hmm, you might not, not want to keep doing this, but. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, you know, I'm glad to hear you raced because, as I recall, you built yourself a extremely beautiful cyclocross bike in the past few months. I did, I did, yes. I have a uh, Richie Swiss Cross, uh, which is a lovely steel cyclocross bike and sort of a very traditional looking, um, but, you know, thoroughly modern except for being steel, I suppose. And it's a fantastic bike, but I've only... I've only raced it uh, previously, actually, in a mountain bike short track race. <laughs> so now, Greg, which, you know, which worked out, but would you yes, say no, that no. steel is real? Ah, uh, steel is real heavy. <laughs> steel is. Oh boy, let's talk about frame materials. Yeah, steel makes a, a perfectly good bicycle frame, but it's certainly not the top of the heap anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I happen to have no problem with that i'm you know both of my racing bikes are steel i have a steel road bike um that's a custom geometry frame actually and i have this production uh frame the swiss cross uh and i really like them both a lot i love them um and i think it's just kind of about what your priorities are and i decided in the case of my road bike that having uh it's basically custom geometry, perfect fit, um, was the most important thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and more so than being the lightest possible bike, which it isn't, mm-hmm. and more so than being the stiffest possible bike, which it isn't. Uh, and in the case of the Swiss Cross, um, I didn't have a whole lot of options for uh, cyclocross bikes. Um, my main alternative would have been the Specialized Crux, um, which is a perfectly good bike. But, um, and one thing I like, I appreciate this about it, actually, it's a, the Crux, geometry-wise, is a very opinionated design. Um, it is a grass crit bike. It is a no-holds-barred, <laughs> it is a no-holds-barred American cyclocross racing bike. Uh, and that's really great, but um, I wanted something a little bit more, more of an all-rounder. Uh, and I also wanted something that wasn't quite so hideously ugly as the crux that was the one i would have gotten which was the aluminum uh e5 model Mm -hmm. um which which as a frame set was just available only in ugly or uglier (laughs) it was like black with red lettering it was terrible Mm -hmm. so uh then i saw the swiss cross but i was gonna get it and then i i actually found out about the swiss cross and if you've seen it it's this beautiful well you know swiss flag red with white panels uh, with Richie on it, and it's freaking gorgeous. So I knew I had to have it. It's also more expensive than the Crux. It's more expensive. <laughs> it's heavier. <laughs> you know, it's steel, uh, but it's a lot prettier. So, but but here, here's a here's a question for you. What's the best part about riding a bike that has Swiss iconography all over it? 
Uh, is this a leading question? Yeah, I'll tell you the answer. Well, the flag is a big plus. No. That's my favorite joke. (laughs) What's the best part about living in Switzerland? Well, the flag is a big plus. That's, uh... (laughs) That's that's great. So, so I, I also ride a steel cross racing bike. Um, yeah, what do you got? I have a, a bicycle made by Humble Frameworks in Chicago, and Humble Frameworks is built by a man named Michael, who builds um, nicely made steel cyclocross race bikes. Um, kind of a mix of modern and traditional styling and construction techniques. And uh, I, I like my bike. I'm not extremely serious about cyclocross, so, you know, I don't find that I need things like carbon wheels and uh, oversized lower head tube bearings and, and this and that. Um, I have to say that was that was another um, appealing aspect of, of the Ritchie, actually, was that it had a normal threaded bottom bracket shell and uh, it had a normal uh, non-tapered uh, inch and an eighth head tube. Yeah. And, I was all about that. Yeah. And actually, we've talked about this on the internet some, but it, we're so, first of all, of course, uh, we're both short. <laughs> uh, this has come up before, um, but we are both short and finding, and this is actually especially a problem with cross bikes, finding a bicycle in our size with geometry that isn't compromised can be challenging. Yeah, we're sort of on the, the lower end of the bell curve that that is appropriate for 700 C wheels. Right, right. So uh, things like oversized uh, head tubes uh, and, and things like that can actually uh, possibly complicate that geometry problem even more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when we've sizes. got small bikes that are kind of made bigger by the clearance required for fat tires and can Well, that's exactly it. It's much the tires, higher, yeah. yeah. It's the fat tires, and, and then, of course, once you're adding in things like the oversized oversized lower head, uh, excuse me, oversized lower headset bearing and whatnot, then it, it might get difficult to squeeze an acceptable head tube angle out of that. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's one possibility. Overall, I actually, you know, I, ha- I, I like steel, you know, just fine, um, but I do not, I don't know. People get really uh, uh, develop very strong feelings about the material that they're framing, and and so that that's what it. I was baiting you with, you know, is this idea of people who who do say that you know steel's real, and why would anybody bother riding anything else ever? Because this is obviously the best. Well, there's so much there's so much mythology wrapped up in that, and it's actually funny because a lot of it just doesn't apply to a lot of the bikes people are talking about. So I started cross racing. I actually still have this bike, though I'll be selling it soon. Um, I started racing cross on a Surly Cross check, right? Which everyone loves. Everyone knows the Surly Cross check. You can do anything with it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it'll uh, race cross and take you to work and uh, do your dishes and cook you a tasty dinner. Sure, you could tour um, on it. You could shove only fenders on it. It's great for everything. Yeah, yeah, and it's a perfectly servable um, cross bike. You know, people talk talk it up. Oh, you know. Um, it's made out of steel because steel is uh, has all these wonderful mythical properties. The big one that gets uh, thrown out there a lot is the ride of steel, 
Um, but but that's kind of the one that's maybe the most uh, mythologized and in, in, in often has the least basis in fact. <laughs> the Surly Crosscheck is not a particularly nice riding bike uh, because it's, you know, it's not a cheap bike. It's, it's a quality product, but on the bell curve of materials, it's, it's pretty far down mm-hmm. the bell curve. You know, in terms of on the scale of, of um, high-end materials, even for steel, it's not good. You know, it's it's ho hum, forty one thirty chromoly steel, and that means that in in moreover, Surly overbuilds their bikes, so it's thick tubes, uh, and they're heavy, and it rides like a brick. Yeah, yeah. Does the Richie, by the way, um, does not ride like a brick. That's it great. is thin walled high end steel. It is it is amazing. It floats. Uh, so there's something to that steel ride there, perhaps, but. You know, a lot of times you hear people ascribing these qualities to bikes that simply aren't nice enough to have them. <laughs> I will say, and this is probably, I'm probably one of the, the few people who will say this. I, I've ridden enough bikes, not a jillion, but a bundle. And the nicest riding bike that I ever had uh, was a a domestically handmade aluminum road frame. Yeah, I'd buy that. Which, which you know, tends to, because the you know the conventional knowledge is oh, aluminum can be made to be stiff, and as a result, winds up being really harsh. But any material can yeah. be made to be any way. I think a lot of the realities tend to be a little bit more aligned with, you know, what does it cost to make certain bikes in certain ways, and you know, you can make super high end carbon for a little bit more affordable, I assume, than you can make super high-end steel and you know you can make you can you can bang out serviceable raceable aluminum just like you can bang out serviceable all-around steel you know from a production standpoint yeah and steel has steel just has uh its metallurgical properties just working against it you know it's in terms of you know if you value lightweight um as a really important thing then you you kind of just can't overcome uh, the weight issue. Aluminum actually is possibly my pick for, actually I think it certainly is my pick for, bang for buck uh, is the best if we're going to pick a material I'd actually pick aluminum as the, the the bike you can get, the best bike you can get for, you know, whatever price. Yeah, you know uh, the the two race bikes that I do the most serious racing on are both aluminum. You know, my track bike and my road bike are both aluminum. And I think there's definitely a kind of a, a long conversation for another day about the value of crit bikes and the role of kind of consumers in the bicycle marketplace and American style bike racing. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, there's 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 a lot of uh, of movement in the high end of the bicycle market and not all of us need it. And, you know, here we are at the working men's honest bicycle program and I'll, I'll go out there and say, we're trying to keep it real. We're, <laughs> we're trying to keep it real. You know, you can, you can raise up to a, a fairly high level on what is considered to be the technology of a decade ago. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the nice thing, actually, this is kind of the last thing I, I guess I have to say about this is that it's not necessarily the technology of a decade ago because, uh, aluminum technology continues to progress. Even steel technology continues to progress, mm-hmm. albeit you know not at the same rate, not with the same kind of things you can do with something like carbon fiber. But 
there's something really, really nice that started happening happening um, kind of two two years ago in terms of model years, maybe maybe three years three years ago, which is that um, the kind of big bike manufacturers uh, have moved back to all aluminum bikes at their mid range. Yeah. Um, they finally have ditched the ridiculous, uh, you know, carbon fiber, um, you know, bonded seat stay nonsense, <laughs> um, which just made me so unhappy. For, you know, and it's, I think it's because the marketing power of like carbon fiber makes everything better has waned a bit, mm-hmm. even as it's become more ascendant in terms of just more and more bikes are made out of it. Um, but. I think it's a really, really great trend. I never liked the dual material thing. I, I don't think that it usually is very good because it's, you know, it's a bonded joint. It's uh, not necessarily lighter than the bikes they were doing it in, in these mid-range bikes. It looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, I mean, I, so. I've, I've had some happy rides on on some bikes that have had the whole, like, you know, carbon stays, you know, aluminum main triangle thing, but it... it I assume that it's it's probably a, a clear winner, kind of from a cost benefit to a a company producing these bikes to just make a single material frame. Yeah, and, and also you know like the, the the Cannondale Cab series has had this just consistent reputation for being a terrific bike, even as Cannondale really held their ground on that, in the really of, which is ground. kind of interesting given given the instability in that company's history, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they at least on their product line really held uh, kind of stuck to their guns. Yeah, and then and then you know Specialized had kind of let its LA model kind of drift down toward its like Sora equipped kind of recreational intent. Um, yeah, and then you know they they're a company with a a pretty deep history and an extensive experience in performance aluminum, and they came out with the LA E5 and the S Works LA E5 and. Which is which just... is actually pretty much the modern. It's it's essentially the rebirth of the old S Works E5. Yeah, and it's which was an awesome, awesome aluminum crit bike. Yeah, uh, well, race bike in general. And I say that because I had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the bike I had before I had the steel bike. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're cool bikes out there, man. A lot of them. I can't have all of them. No. Unfortunately, actually, I've uh, <laughs> I. It's it's funny. Um, over over the years, I've become sort of less. Uh, I don't want to say less attached to the particular bikes I have, but I've become more comfortable with the fact that I rotate through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's just a tool, uh, and not something I, I I don't tend to get too emotionally caught up in it. Though I, I do quite like this Richie right now. Yeah, pretty psyched about it, but. Yeah, so that's, I don't know, that's a funny thing, but, wow, we were going to talk about cyclocross, I guess, but we ended up talking about frame materials. <laughs> it's because I baited you with the whole steel is real question. Uh, well, this is, I guess, one of those things I occasionally go on Twitter rants about, so it's only fair. <laughs> Just, because I, I feel as someone who actually, it's it's funny, I sort of looked around one day, I was like, wait a minute, every, I have three bikes and they're all steel. Yeah. Like, and yet, I, it's not because I believe that steel is the best material to make a bike frame out of, or, or anything like that. It's just kind of, well, that's <laughs> In fact, what you clearly don't. It just so happens that... It just so yeah. happens that it meets my needs in a particular way. Yeah, it's funny. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't have any carbon wheels or anything like that. But. Mm-hmm. See, the nice thing about aluminum cross tubulars is uh, you can take a hammer and bang the dents out of them. <laughs> I think so. I think that uh, amateurs who are are riding carbon cyclocross wheels are wasting their money. And I, I hesitate to sound like I'm criticizing anybody in particular because I'm sure that I have friends whose judgment I trust and, you know, wouldn't go on the record saying, oh, this person is an asshole with their money and their decisions. But, you know, sure. I just think that there's there's so much benefit in cyclocross from tubulars and from aluminum braking surfaces. And there's such a an ability to build a light, strong wheel you know that that makes for a terrific wheel i've got these old bontrager race x light tubulars that are under 1400 grams and awesome you know they're tubular and they lighten up my bike and it's great and i think i got them for a little bit over 100 bucks you know like all all this stuff that i yeah when i when i see people you know thrashing their their thousand dollar road race wheels over the course of a a season or two of cyclocross i just well, that would be cheap ones too. Yeah, you know, and and I, I just uh, I think that you know, the, the, a lot of people, even people who make good decisions in other ways, you know, myself included, perhaps buy into the the cachet of carbon where it's not necessary. Yeah, you know, I think that um, you could probably get away with it a little more easily if you're switching to disc brakes, like a lot of people are. But yeah, yeah, I mean, and and. It's true that, you know, if you look at what the professionals are riding, you know, they're on carbon fiber wheels. So, and you know, you can't deny that uh, seeing what seeing what the pros do is going to have some influence on what we think is the right equipment for the job. And, you know, because it's not that carbon is the wrong material for the job, but for, you know, for me as an amateur racer who has many other priorities uh, than bike racer, bike racing rather, and uh, many other things that, you know, I need to put my paycheck toward before uh bike racing you know <laughs> the, the the cost benefit kind of doesn't make sense but you know there are also people i accept who have more disposable income than i do and they can do what they want with that yeah but but you know, yeah no, I, you know to me it seems not necessary it's it's true it, it's it's kind of funny but it, how, it, however the last thing uh on that is mm-hmm. that, that i'll say real quickly is that Aluminum cross tubulars until actually the last few seasons were, were surprisingly hard to find. Um, that's kind of a burgeoning market as cyclocross grows. Mm-hmm. And and there was a while where you really, you know, aluminum rims, aluminum tubulars were mostly kind of old and, and gnarly. And yeah, anyway. Yeah, they're at the edges of the market. I think, you know, it, it, it's been interesting to see uh, what's been happening with domestic pro crit racing? Because you know your comment that pros are are pretty much always on carbon fiber wheels. I I think that's been changing a little bit with um, you know some big sponsorships by tubeless companies and with uh, head uh, sponsoring a lot of teams and you know obviously their their aluminum clinchers are one of their major products and i've just seen I, I this comes to mind because i was watching a youtube video of some ncc crit earlier today and i just you know 
you can't watch those videos and not think, how would I feel if I were in that race? And I would feel like if I weren't using aerodynamic wheels, like I would be at a major disadvantage. Of course, you're right. I'm not a professional and it's a professional bike race. Um, sure. But, but there are, you know, there are pros in there riding aluminum clinchers and aluminum tubeless wheels. And I think that's, it's just, it's interesting to see that happen a little bit more now than it, it did a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny how I, I think that the industry is diversifying its product offerings, which, you know, this is a, a maybe a discussion for another time, but there really is a lot more, there really are a lot more options available, you know, for, be it for the profession. It's kind of like, it's funny there, you know, the industry has realized, oh, there's more things that we could sell to more people, <laughs> which means there's also more things uh, put in front of us to potentially buy. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it's funny in that if, for example, you know, if aluminum uh, tubular rims were not available at a good price, I would not be racing cyclocross on tubulars at all. Right. <laughs> right? I'd still be on clinchers. But... Because there's this thing I can buy that gives me the benefit of going to tubulars, uh, which, by the way, for cyclocross, remains by far the the best performance uh, option. Oh yeah. Uh, you know more like I I think it's a much more profound difference than it is on the road. Uh, you know, then there's now there's this product that I can buy that I otherwise would not have bothered. So, you know, good for them, I guess. Figuring out, <laughs> hey, there's money to be made. <laughs> by, by making more things yeah i don't know you know um one thing i did just want to um briefly say before we do the outros and, and let's actually keep this short mm -hmm. is uh i don't follow um the professional cyclocross in europe super closely but i am kind of super bummed that niels albert had to retire oh man yeah and it was so, it was mis kind of mysterious too, you know. All of a sudden, yeah. I have this heart problem that completely prevents me from racing. It was basically his his press his press conference. Yeah, yeah, bummer. So anyway, looks like he's still hanging around at all the races. Uh, so yeah, and anyone who doesn't know uh, what Matthew just said is uh, Niels Albert, Albert, former world champion in cyclocross, uh, all around badass. Uh, cross racer um kind of amazing to watch him ride away from people in uh the sand in in courses with lots of sand like uh that you know i don't want to even try and pronounce the name of that dutch course the sand dunes <laughs> zonovan maybe or coxida coxida yeah, yeah it's in belgium yeah um, just amazingly talented bike racer um very stylish <laughs> <laughs> uh and mysterious heart problem that he now has to retire so you know Bummer. Total bummer. But seems to be hanging around the races still. Especially in cross, which, you know, there there are there are very few people at the top of the sport. Yeah. This is not like road racing. Yeah. You know, it is a very small pond. Yeah, so when, when one when one of really the, the very handful of 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 men who can win races against, you know, against each other retires, it it becomes a lot less competitive. Yeah, absolutely, because this is right, and it's not even, 
you know, it's not even one of the kind of occasional threats for the win. It's, you know, one of the real superstars. Yeah. You know, and there are only, I don't even want to pull a number out of (laughs) the hat just off the top of my head, but, you know, we're talking like a half dozen guys, essentially. Um, who are at the very, very top. Maybe a half dozen, maybe less. I mean, could could you imagine if, if Tom Boonen were 27 and right before the Spring Classics said, I'm retiring, I I have a heart problem, I can't race anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that would just be incredible. And it, it, yeah, Tom Boonen, it just... It, especially knowing, you know, of course, that's a, that's such such a great example because... So much of what uh, Tom Bonin has done has come after <laughs> his 27th year. Yeah. So, and it's a similar kind of thing. So, you know, um, what might have been. What might have been. There was already, there already was quite a lot there. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's all I think that we really have to say about that. Um, okay. Well, I think uh, maybe we better wrap it up. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, Matty, where can uh, people who want to find out more about you on the internet find you? Well, unfortunately, they can follow my banal tweets at uh, <laughs> at underscore Mattio, spelled M-A-T-T-I-O. And Greg, what can people do while they're at work and if they want to listen to what you've got to say? Well, if they want to uh, listen to or read what I have to say, they can find me uh, at Twitter at Grolby, that's G-R-O-L-B-Y. Uh, they could also, if they are so inclined, see, uh, take a look at my blog that I very occasionally update at standarddouble.com, um, which is also the home of this podcast. So, we will, uh, see you soon, I guess. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on the Working Men's Honest Bicycle Program. (laughs) 